0: This WestWords Mini Masterclass is a production of WestWords, the Western Sydney Literature Organisation. For more information on WestWords and what we do, please go to westwords.com.au. Hello and welcome to the Mini Masterclass from Westwards. My name is James Roy. I'm your host today I am also your presenter today. In addition to being a program manager at Westwards, I'm also a writer in my own right. I've written a number of books over the years for young adults and children primarily and some of those have got gongs on their front. Uh, And so I thought today I would take the reins and just talk for a little while about something that I noticed the other day. It was. Before I go any further I just want to be uh, clear about something. There are some spoilers in this upcoming mini masterclass. They're not big spoilers and in fact uh, you will still be able to enjoy the shows that we talk about even if you haven't seen them before and, and you listen to this podcast. So I've been quite careful to make it not too obvious what the spoiler is, but there may be a couple. So, if you have not yet seen and are hoping to watch, and of course, I recommend all three of these things. If you have not yet seen and are hoping to watch Hamilton, The Sopranos, Ozark, or what's the third one? Oh, Game of Thrones. If you're hoping to watch any of those, proceed with some caution. Although, as I say, when I talk about certain things in, say, Game of Thrones, I don't, like, I don't talk about which character it is that the thing happens to. I've tried to be quite subtle and, and careful and kind, because there's nothing worse than having someone go, oh, is that the one where the thing happens? And you go, oh, well, thanks very much for that. So I don't want that to be the case. The little bit I'm talking about from Hamilton is in the first song, and that's kind of the point. Anyway... It was interesting when we were talking to, uh, I was talking to a group that we were, that I was part of, a, a writing group, and, and we started talking about, out about rhyming and uh, different kinds of rhyming. And I'm not a massive fan of of rhyming uh, picture books, I've got to say. I find rhyme is quite clunky at times because it, it kind of forces you into using words that you might not otherwise uh, ordinarily use. But that conversation about rhyming went to rhyming dictionaries and online rhyming dictionaries and where you can find such things. Online, I guess, would be the first clue, but, but we started talking about that, and then we started talking about things like rap and hip-hop, and then we started talking about Hamilton. I wish I could play you some Hamilton, but I'm just not quite clear on what the rules are around whether we could, I actually can do that without uh, permission. I'd probably be able to play you 10 seconds, and that would be that. And that's not really going to help very much. But if you haven't been paying attention, Hamilton is a musical. It's written by somebody called Lin-Manuel Miranda, who was already an award-winning... Uh, I think he'd already won a Tony Award for something, and an actor, and he actually turned up in The Sopranos the other day, the episode where uh, all, the, all the guys go down to florida i think down to miami and and lin-manuel miranda is the guy who's parking their car out the front or the concierge or one of those roles and i saw oh my god that's that's hamilton because lin-manuel miranda in addition to being an actor is a very very fine uh, songwriter and writer generally he recently wrote All the songs for the film Encanto, which is out at the moment or available on on Netflix or wherever, on Disney actually, it's a a Disney Disney Pixar. But he wrote the songs for that. But getting back to Hamilton for a minute, Hamilton is the story of Alexander Hamilton, who was one of the founding fathers of the American Republic. He was an orphan, he was orphaned at a very young age when he was living uh, in, I think it was Nevis, which is in, in the Caribbean. And he came to America. He was, he, he was basically sponsored to come to America. He came out to America and started um, studying and studying and studying and became this incredible man of letters who wrote many, many essays when the, the uh, Federalist Papers, when they were writing the essays uh, prior to the Constitution being written, he was a comp- contemporary and a peer of George Washington. He was actually George Washington's right-hand man. He was the uh, he was a contemporary and a peer of Thomas Jefferson and James Madison and um, oh, I've i forgotten his name. Adams, John Adams. Look, he he was uh, he and Jefferson didn't like each other very much, if the stage plays to be believed, and and history backs that up because the stage play, despite being in rap and hip hop, is actually historically accurate in many many ways and it's left Sydney now uh, unfortunately because I would love to recommend everybody listening to this go and catch it but it is in Melbourne at the moment and if you do happen to be anywhere near a place that is um, showing Hamilton such as the theatre in, in Melbourne I, and you haven't seen it I just I strongly recommend you go and see it don't do any reading about it before and just go and see it because it really is a masterpiece of of musical theatre, and it—I uh, think it was nominated for sixteen Tony Awards back in 2016, and and so on and so forth. Anyway, so we were talking about this in our writing group, and I—I I played the group the video. You can find it on YouTube. It's—it's it's basic. It's Lin Manuel Miranda performing the first song from Hamilton for Michelle and Barack Obama because they had a. This was back in the days when we had. American presidents who actually, I don't know, were cultured, and so they had a poetry jam at the White House, and Lin-Manuel Miranda performed the first song, which is just called Alexander Hamilton. Now, as I say, I was going to play it for you, but I don't think I can, but I'm going to just uh, describe a little bit of this first song for you. It it actually starts out performed by Aaron Burr, who was a a compatriot, or a, a contemporary, if you will, of alexander hamilton and they became lifelong rivals and and the motif that keeps coming up throughout the show is that and and hamilton continually berates and chides uh burr for this is that burr didn't really have a position on much he was he was very much a a small target under the radar kind of guy and he actually makes that point in one of the songs he says i you know smile more talk less and if they don't know what you're standing for they won't know what you're against and and Hamilton says to him well that's kind of crazy you know what if you if you don't know what you're standing for what are you going to fall for which is one of the lines and this comes back through and through the 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 story so much so that at one point you know Aaron Burr he's he's a turncoat at one point and just for opportunism and so forth But in this first song, Aaron Burr starts off talking about who Alexander Hamilton is. And then we meet him, we meet Hamilton. And then at the end, all of these different characters are coming forward one by one in the first song, and they're going, Alexander, ha- Alexander Hamilton, when America sings for you, will they know that what you overcame? Will they know you rewrote your game? The world will never be the same. The ship is in the harbour now. See if you can spot him. Just you Wait. Another immigrant coming up from the bottom, just you wait. His enemies destroyed his rep, America forgot him. We fought with him. And then someone says, "I, me, I died for him. And someone else says, me, I trusted him. Me, I loved him. And then Aaron Burr says, and me, I'm the damn fool that shot him. And this is in the first song. And when I first heard this happen, when I first saw it on, on Disney, where you can still watch it now, when I heard this, I thought, that flies in the face of everything that I thought I knew about storytelling. The idea that you would come out at the very beginning of the movie and say, all right, so this man is going to die at some point by being shot, and I'm who, I'm the guy who's going to do it. And it's a massive spoiler, except it's not really a spoiler, and here's why I think it's not a spoiler. Firstly, Ham- this Hamilton was a man of the late 18th early 19th century he was around for the beginning of the of the American United States uh, experiment and so he's he will have died by now we know this so there's no surprise that he dies so that's something that gets him off the hook a little bit to tell us that uh, that Aaron Burr is the man who shot him But then a few other things come up through throughout the show for example there is the duel, several dueling scenes, you know, where they used to take aim at each other and then walk the other direction and turn and fire and so forth, and, and they talk about the ten, uh, the ten commandments for having a duel, and it's really quite interesting because as these various references to duels come about, it just reminds you that at some point, Aaron Burr is going to shoot. Alexander Hamilton, if what he said at the beginning is to be believed. But having said that, Aaron Burr is also a man of very few scruples when it comes to telling the truth. Aaron Burr is willing to say whatever needs to be said to get the job done. And this is all even implied in a very kind of subtle way. And it's not till later on when you reflect on it, and it's pointed out to you, that you realize how effective it has been in in creating this Understanding in you about what's going on, and this is what it is: it's the fact that Aaron Burr, every time he crosses the stage, he walks in a straight line. He walks directly in a straight line across the stage because that's who he is. He's a very driven man, and we also know that he is very loose with the truth, and he will sell, he'll sell anything to get what he needs, and and he he'll even be a turncoat. And so he walks in a directly straight line, very driven and purposeful. And Alexander Hamilton, in his own way, is very purposeful as well. In fact, the, the point that point is made very often throughout the show that Aaron Burr will just, sorry, Alexander Hamilton will just go and get what he needs to get, and work and work and work till he gets it. Just you wait. He keeps saying, "Just you wait. I will get there. I will make a difference. I will be remembered. I'll have a legacy." And in fact, his legacy is a great flaw for him in many ways. But the point I would make is that Alexander Hamilton, whenever he walks around the stage, he walks in arcs because he's much more about the journey and about gathering information as he goes and, and, and so on. So that's all very subtle. And the other thing that's quite subtle is, is for example, when he says, uh, at one point he says, when, when, when might death come for me? And Aaron Burr, in this way that musical theatre does, uh, reprises a theme from an earlier song where he says just you wait and so all of this is currently all all of this is bouncing around in your mind as you watch this even if you're not paying attention to that part of what's happening in your head it is bouncing around and I would argue that it actually really raises attention it really raises attention because if we don't know that Aaron Burr shoots Hamilton at the end and it just happens well that's shocking and it's it's horrible and it's climactic and all of those things. But the journey that we take to get there is one of uncertainty about when it's going to happen. I suppose it's a little bit like walking around with, with some kind of disease that, will, you, that you're told that one day that disease that you'll just drop dead and you won't know when it's coming. And there are moments when you just walk around going, you forget that that's the case, but then there are other times when it just plays on your mind and that's kind of how it works in the in the stage show we have this unspoken tension every time burr and hamilton are together on the stage and having a disagreement or having having an argument or even a conversation and they're they're awfully, often quite prickly with each other and aaron burr is is jealous of hamilton's friendship or 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 status with george washington and so on and that constantly Plays away at the back of your mind, and it's actually quite an extraordinary thing. And so it was interesting when we talked about this because our group started talking about the counterintuitive choices that sometimes you can make because it, it's conventional wisdom, as I said at the very beginning, it, it's conventional wibs, wisdom to just go, don't tell someone that the bad thing is coming, just spring it on them, but. This this melancholia that comes across the story when you make it clear that at some point this is going to happen. It's quite quite clever and it's 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 very effective. It's it's harder to do with something like I mentioned the Sopranos and I've talked about the Sopranos before. It's it's something it's a little bit harder to do with something like that because it's contemporary. So we know that you know. Obviously somebody, as I said earlier, as someone like Hamilton living that long ago, we know he dies at some point. So really it's not that much of a surprise that he dies, but it's, what what is a bit of a surprise is how he dies. But then we're told that. But something that is more contemporary, like, for example, uh, The Sopranos or anyone who's watched Ozark will remember from that first episode that, that Marty Bird, the main character played by by Jason Bateman is in tremendous peril at one point but we know he's not going to die because we've seen the trailer we know that he survives we know that he heads off down to the Ozarks to to do what he ends up doing so that's not that much of a a tension and Tony Soprano the example that I started with is is one of those characters who every time he's in threat you go well look you know I'm pretty comfortable that Tony's not going to die here, even though he's a mobster, even he's a horrible person, and you kind of, many times through the show, start to think, well, he probably does deserve to get into the neck at some point. But there's not that simmering tension or anxiety or fear or or concern so much as there is in something like what we're describing with Hamilton. But the other example, of course, and please be aware that there are spoiler alerts, uh, is in Game of Thrones game of thrones where very late in the first season a very important character uh, is killed and it's quite interesting to think about how that show would be or those books would be if that hadn't occurred because this character is a very major character we assume that he's on the hero's journey throughout the whole thing and then when this occurs, and it's about to happen, and you think, "Well, it won't really happen," and then oh my gosh, it just happened. What that does is it immediately tells you: don't get too attached to any of the characters in this story, because there is a very good chance that at some point—and of course, yes, this does happen repeatedly—because George Martin is um, is evil. Let's, let's let's just be honest. I mean, the the old joke is that um, Stephen Moffat. Joss Whedon and George R.R. R. Martin go into a pub and everyone you like dies. And I, I think that's <laughs> that's kind of true. But, what, but the really clever thing about this is that from that point on, every time there's a character that you really do like and you're attached to, and they're in a place of peril, you go, well, this could be it, this could be curtains for this character that I like. I was trying to think of some other examples from movies where this is the case and I'm sure they're out there. So maybe drop, us a, drop me an, an email and let me know if you've got some other examples. We might revisit this at some point. But uh, we'll wrap it up there. But I do really recommend that, well, a number of things. I recommend that you go and see Hamilton if you get a chance or at the very least sign on for Disney Plus and watch it on Disney Plus because they did a very, very good filming of it it was actually filmed over a couple of nights uh plus uh, a a session where they came in and did close-ups but it's pretty seamless there's a couple of very minor continuity errors but it's pretty seamless it's very good and uh i can really recommend that but also for those of us who are for the listeners who are writers who are creators play around with your structure and not just in terms of what happens when the order in which things happen flashbacks all that is really important all really valuable when it comes down to how we construct a story and the structure we use around it but maybe sometimes just come right out and spoil and then see if you can rework that in some way that is going to add more tension because of course the spoil there's always a chance when someone spoils something by saying i'm the damn fool who shot him that they might be talking about getting shot in a different way or might, there might be some caveat later that says actually what he meant to say was this or, or whatever. But you don't know that at the time. All you know is that Aaron Burr has just walked out on stage and said, these people all loved him, but I'm the damn fool that shot him. And we all go, oh, I don't think I like him very much. And also, when's it going to happen? Thank you for listening to our mini masterclass we have over 50 of these on our podcast channel covering all sorts of things world building character development how to deal with uh writer's block all sorts of things to do with the writing craft and the creative the creative mind and, and how we do go about doing what we do so please go and check those out and we'll see you next time